Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, our selection is from The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Tonight we'll be going through the very first chapter. The Hobbit is a story that just about everyone has read, and it's the prequel to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Bilbo Baggins, a small town friendly hobbit, is used to a routine and creature comforts, and lives a tranquil life in the countryside, in familiar settings just as most hobbits do. Until he meets a wizard Gandalf, who brings about all sorts of a ruckus and upsets his quiet routine and offers Bilbo the opportunity to heed the call to adventure. Just like in our own lives, sometimes we find ourselves stuck in our routines or become used to our creature comforts. And Bilbo Baggins' story in The Hobbit reminds us to seize the moment set out of our comfort zone and try something different and to create the stories in our lives worth telling. You are the author and the hero of your own story and the hero's journey is written in your DNA. The first step in the hero's journey is to heed the call to adventure and The Hobbit is the perfect example of that. As always, You can read this book at any time in the future, and it's a must read. But as we get into the reading, you may wish to reflect on the adventures that you've had and the growth in your life that you've seen when you've been willing to be open and challenge your beliefs in your routine and maybe draw some inspiration to seize the moment for the next time. So relax and enjoy. This hobbit was a very well-to-do hobbit, and his name was Baggins. The Baggins have lived in the neighborhood of the hill for time out of mind, and people considered them very respectable. Not only because most of them were rich, but also because they never had any adventures or did anything unexpected. You could tell what a Baggins would say on any given question without the bother of asking him. This is the story of how a Baggins had an adventure and found himself doing and saying things altogether unexpected. He may have lost the neighbor's respect, but he gained, well, you'll see whether or not he gained anything in the end. The mother of this hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, that is, was the famous Belladonna Took, one of the three remarkable daughters of the old Took, 
head of the hobbits who lived across the water, the small river that ran at the foot of the hill. It was often said in other families that long ago one of the Took ancestors must have taken a fairy wife. That was, of course, absurd, but certainly there was still something not entirely hobbit-like about them. And once in a while, members of the Took clan would go and have adventures. They discreetly disappeared, and the family hushed it up. But the fact remained that the Tucks were not as respectable as the Bagginses, though they were undoubtedly richer. Not that Belladonna Tuck ever had any adventures after she became Mrs. Bungo Baggins. Bungo, that was Bilbo's father, built the most luxurious hobbit hole for her, and partly with her money, that was to be found either under the hill or over the hill or across the water. And there they remained to the end of their days. Still, it is probable that Bilbo, her only son, although he looked and behaved exactly like a second edition of his solid and comfortable father, got something a bit queer in his makeup from the Took side, something that only waited for a chance to come out. The chance never arrived, until Bilbo Baggins was grown up, being about 50 years old or so, and living in the beautiful hobbit hole built by his father, until he had, in fact, apparently settled down immovably. So here we have Bilbo, living a quiet and comfortable life in his routine in peace. However, the world still keeps turning, even when we have our lives set up comfortably just the way we like it. Maybe you have your work routine, your workout routine, your hobbies set up, and your family set on a routine. And maybe things are going well for you. It's worth celebrating the accomplishments that you've made in life, and it's always a good thing to appreciate what you have. The danger here is when we allow ourselves to stick to what we know, what's comfortable, we can miss our lives. Bilbo hadn't had anything particularly remarkable happen in his life until he was 50. There's no time like the present to try something different and go out on a limb and shake things up a bit. Stagnation can occur if you don't keep a lookout for it and there's more life in running water. Why not get dressed up for a date on a Thursday? Or just do push-ups for fun on your lunch break? Small adventures add up and make your day that much more interesting and memorable, and you get a lot more out of your life. Let's continue. By some curious chance, one morning, long ago, in the quiet of the world, when there was less noise and more green, the hobbits were still numerous and prosperous, and Bilbo Baggins was standing at his door after breakfast, smoking an enormous, long wooden pipe that reached nearly down his woolly toes, neatly brushed. Gandalf came by. Gandalf? 
if you have heard only a quarter of what I have heard about him, and I have only heard very little of all there is to hear, you would be prepared for any sort of remarkable tale. Tales and adventures sprouted up all over the place wherever he went, in the most extraordinary fashion. He had not been down that way under the hill for ages and ages, not since his friend, the old Took, died. In fact, and the hobbits had almost forgotten what he looked like. He had been away over to the hill across the water on business of his own, since they were all small hobbit boys and hobbit girls. All that the unsuspecting Bilbo saw that morning was an old man with a staff. He had a tall pointed blue hat, a long gray cloak, a silver scarf, over which his long white beard hung down below his waist, and immense black boots. Good morning, said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining, and the grass was very green. But Gandalf looked at him from under the long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of the shady hat. What do you mean? he said. Do you wish me a good morning, or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not, or that you feel good this morning, or that it is a morning to be good on? All of them at once, said Bilbo, and a very fine morning for a pipe of tobacco outdoors. Into the bargain. If you have a pipe about you, sit and have a fill of mine. There's no hurry. We have all day before us. Then Bilbo sat down on a seat by his door, crossed his legs and blew out a beautiful gray ring of smoke that sailed up into the air without breaking and floated away over the hill. Very pretty, said Gandalf. But I have no time to blow smoke rings this morning. I'm looking for someone to share an adventure that I am arranging, and it's very difficult to find anyone. I should think so, in these parts. We are plain quiet folk, and I have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things. Make you late for dinner. I can't think of what anybody sees in them, said Mr. Baggins, and stuck his thumb behind his braces blew out another, even bigger smoke ring. Then he took out his morning letters and began to read, pretending to take no more notice of the old man. He had decided that he was not quite his sort and wanted him to go away. But the old man did not move. He stood, leaning on a stick and gazing at the hobbit, without saying anything, till Bilbo got quite uncomfortable and even a little cross. Good morning, he said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water. By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. What a lot of things you say good morning for, said Gandalf. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me, and that I won't be good till I move off. Not at all, not, not at all, dear sir. 
Let me see. I don't think I know your name. Yes, yes, my dear sir. And I do know your name, Mr. Bilbo Baggins. And you do know my name, though you don't remember that I belong to it. I am Gandalf. And Gandalf means me. To think that I should have lived to be good-morninged by Belladonna Took's son. As if I was selling buttons at the door. Gandalf? Gandalf? Good gracious me. Not the wandering wizard that gave old Took a pair of magic diamond studs that fastened themselves and never came undone till ordered. Not the fellow who used to tell such wonderful tales at parties about dragons and goblins and giants and the rescue of princesses and the unexpected luck of widow's sons. Not the man that used to make such particularly excellent fireworks. I remember those. Old Tuck used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Splendid. Not the Gandalf that was responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures. Anything from climbing trees to visiting elves or sailing in ships, sailing to other shores. Blessed me. Life used to be quite inter... I, I mean, you used to upset things badly in these parts once upon a time. I beg your pardon, but I have no idea. You were still in business. Where else should I be? said the wizard. At the same time, I am pleased to find you remember something about me. You seem to remember my fireworks kindly, at any rate, and that is not without hope. Indeed, for your old grandfather Took's sake, and for the sake of poor Belladonna, I will give you what you ask for. I beg your pardon? I haven't asked for anything. Yes, yes you have, twice. My pardon, I give it to you. In fact, I will go so far as to send you to this adventure. Very amusing for me. Very good for you, and profitable too. Very likely, if you ever get over it. Sorry, I don't want any adventures, thank you. Not today. Good morning. But please come to tea at any time you like. Why not tomorrow? Come tomorrow. Goodbye. With that, the hobbit turned and scuttled inside round green door and shut it as quickly as he dared, not to seem rude. Wizards, after all, are wizards. What on earth did I ask him to tea for? He said to himself as he went to the pantry. So right now, Bilbo is wrestling with himself over his hobbit sensibilities to keep things quiet and comfortable and his hidden desire or even his destiny to live an adventurous life. He's feeling the hero within himself perk up, and it's got to be a strange feeling for him. He relegates this sense of adventure to his mother's tookish side, and his stable mentality to his father's baggins side. Sometimes it's not so easy to go out of your way, or to try something different, especially if you're so entrenched in your routine and the way of doing things. What would the neighbors think? What would your coworkers think if you tried something weird one day just to make things more interesting? The question is, does it really matter? And will you have fun 
while doing it. The warrior heeds the call to adventure. And sometimes, the most serious thing in the world is your call to adventure. And other times, it could be something just simple and fun. Let's continue. The next day, he had almost forgotten about Gandalf. He did not remember things very well, unless he put them down on his engagement tablet. Like this, Gandalf, T. Wednesday. Yesterday, he had been too flustered to do anything of the kind. Just before tea time, there came a tremendous ring on the front doorbell. And then he remembered. He rushed and put on the kettle and put out another cup and saucer and an extra cake or two and ran to the door. I am so sorry to keep you waiting, he was going to say when he saw that it was not Gandalf at all. It was a dwarf with a blue beard tucked into a golden belt and very bright eyes under his dark green hood. As soon as the door was opened, he pushed inside just as if he had been expected, and hung his hooded cloak on the nearest peg. And Dwalin, at your service, he said, with a low bow. Bilbo Baggins at yours, said the hobbit, too surprised to ask any questions for the moment. When the silence that followed had become uncomfortable, he added, I'm just about to make tea. Pray come have some with me. Stiff, but... He meant it kindly. And what would you do if an uninvited dwarf came and hung up his things in your hall without a word of explanation? They had not been at a table long. In fact, they had hardly reached the third cake when there came another, louder ring at the bell. Excuse me, said the hobbit, and off went the door. So you've got here at last. That's what he was going to say to Gandalf this time. But it was not Gandalf. Instead, there was a very old-looking dwarf on the step with a white beard and a scarlet hood. And he, too, hopped inside as soon as the door was open, just as if he had been invited. I see they've begun to arrive already, he said when he caught sight of Dwalin's green hood hanging up. He hung up his red one next to it. Balin, at your service, he said with his hands on his breast. Thank you, said Bilbo with a gasp. It was not the correct thing to say, but they have begun to arrive. Had flustered him badly. He liked visitors, but he liked to know them before they arrived, and preferred to ask them himself. He had a horrible thought that the cakes might run short, and then he, as the host, he knew his duty and stuck to it however painful he might have to go without. Come along in and have some tea, he managed to say after taking a deep breath. Bilbo might consciously have no idea what's going on here, but he knew that Gandalf was coming over, and he knows that people go on adventures with Gandalf so he must have suspected in some way that he was about to mix things up a bit. Pretty soon, his entire little house 
is filled with dwarves, which he wasn't expecting in the least bit. A few unexpected dinner guests might not seem like that big of a deal, but it's probably the most interesting thing that's happened to him in a long time. We live in modern times, and too often, we find ourselves living vicariously. Maybe it's through news and TV shows or video games and porn, and those things take up our time, fill up our lives with vicarious psychological junk food. When your gut really needs nutrition of genuine adventure, because you walk the warrior path, you seek to really live your own life, have your own adventures, and make something real happen. Maybe you hear the call of adventure to travel, to join the armed forces, to start a new business, or something as innocuous as meeting some new folks and going somewhere new. Your adventure starts when you embrace the moment and open yourself up to possibilities and take action. Let's continue. A big jug of coffee had just been set in the hearth. The seed cakes were gone and the dwarves were starting on a round of buttered scones when there came a loud knock. Not a ring, but a hard ratat on the hobbit's beautiful green door. Something was banging with a stick. Bilbo rushed along the passage, very angry and altogether bewildered and bewildered. This was the most awkward Wednesday he ever remembered. He pulled open the door with a jerk and they all fell in on top of one another. More dwarves, four more. And there was Gandalf behind, leaning on his staff and laughing. He had made quite a dent in the beautiful door. He had also, by the way, knocked out the secret mark that he had put there in the morning before. Carefully, carefully, he said. It's not like you, Bilbo, to keep friends waiting on the mat and then open the door like a pop gun. Gandalf sat at the head of the party with the 13 dwarves all around and Bilbo sat on a stool at the fireside, nibbling at a biscuit. His appetite was quite taken away and trying to look as this was all perfectly ordinary and not in the least an adventure. The dwarves ate and ate and talked and talked and time got on. So here we are. Bilbo is out of his element, but he rolls with it. The dwarves begin to sing and invite themselves to stay for supper and say that they'll get to business later on in the evening. Bilbo still isn't entirely sure what business they're going on about or what kind of situation he's got himself in just yet. But he's embracing the moment and having fun, as we see here. As they sang, the hobbit felt the love of beautiful things made by hands and by cunning and by magic moving through him. A fierce and jealous love, the desire of the hearts of dwarves, 
then something Turkish woke up inside him, and he wished to go and see the great mountains, and hear the pine trees and the waterfalls, and explore the caves, and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. He looked out the window, the stars were out, and a dark sky above the trees. He thought of the jewels of the dwarves, shining in dark caverns. The dwarves begin to talk business after singing, and Bilbo realizes that he has been assigned the role of robber by Gandalf. Even though he had said that he wasn't a fan of adventures prior to that, Gandalf could see Bilbo for what he was and brought the gift of adventure to his doorstep. The dwarves argue among themselves, and one says that Bilbo isn't much of a robber, and they have the wrong house. Bilbo surprisingly takes offense to this and isn't really sure why, but he begins to play the part of a robber anyway. After they bicker back and forth among themselves, Gandalf interjects. That's right, said Gandalf. Let's have no more arguments. I have chosen Mr. Baggins, and that ought to be enough for all of you. If I say he is a burglar, a burglar he is, or will be when the time comes. There's a lot more in him than you guess, and a deal more than he has any idea of himself. You may possibly all live to thank me yet. Now, Bilbo, my boy, fetch the lamp. Let's have a little light on this. At that moment, Gandalf busts out a map and starts reviewing the plan of the adventure with everyone at the table. Maybe you have been in a situation like this where someone else could see your potential when maybe you didn't. Maybe you haven't seen your own potential in a while. You don't need to wait for a wizard to show up at your door and tell you that you are the warrior that you always thought you could be. Though that would be fun, and outside reminders of your strength are nice. But you can do that yourself. You know you are the warrior set for greatness, and that adventures in a life well lived is in your path. You know that you can try things differently whenever you want, and you can hear the voice of adventure calling your name. When you take the small step forward, towards being the best you, doors open for you, and you see your life becoming that much more fulfilling. After all the others had ordered their breakfast without so much as a please, which annoyed Bilbo very much, they all got up. The hobbit had to find room for them all, and filed all of his spare rooms, and made beds on chairs and sofas, before he got them all stowed and went to his own little very bed, tired and not altogether happy. One thing he did make his mind up about was not to bother to get up very early and cook everyone else's wretched breakfast. The tookishness was wearing off, and he was not now quite so sure that he was going on any journey in the morning. Bilbo falls asleep, knowing that he was on an adventure already, but still unable to admit it to himself consciously. 
it just hadn't set in for him yet. But he would go on and travel far away from his quaint hobbit village, face evil forces, find a great treasure, outwit a dragon, and come to recognize himself for the great warrior within. Listen, warriors, for the call to adventure. Summon the adventure yourself when you aren't sure what's going to happen. And stay true to your path, and you will lead a life well-lived and worthy of remembering.